Welcome from the Las Vegas Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are at the EMS World Expo, the largest EMS event in North America, where over 5,300 EMS professionals come from over 44 countries to unleash their potential. This is EMS World Presents Stories from the Expo, an archive of the 2017 EMS World Expo. My experience at EMS World Expo this year, this is the first time I've ever been. Um, and I'll have, I have two really positive things to say. One is that they've clearly made a dedication to the science that I haven't seen at any other um, EMS-focused um, conferences. And this year in particular with the International Scientific Symposium, it's been a real focus, I think, in a way that it's never been before. And that's, I think that's very laudable to try and do things in an evidence-based way. And the other is that um, it's nice to meet other uh, nerds <laughs> who do research, uh, another, uh, other people who are interested in the science and interested in uh, the numbers behind what we do. And I've talked to a lot of really interesting people over the last couple of days, and that's, that's been worth it in itself. My name is Isabel Gardet. I'm with the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch. We are a nonprofit organization that uh, sets standards and does research in emergency dispatching. Myself and a colleague are here at the Expo to present new research that we've done in emergency dispatch. Um, we're looking at cardiac arrest specifically. Uh, my poster looks at the use of the automatic defibrillators and hers is looking at time to hands on chest. One of the things that we've found about cardiac arrest is that there's sort of a um, tension between doing compressions, doing CPR, and getting the defibrillator on as quickly as possible. There's been a push to get uh, callers to 911 to do CPR for as much as 20 years, and many, many agencies are already doing that in one form or another. And most callers are willing to do CPR, especially if you don't ask them. But if you say, I'm going to tell you how to do CPR, place your hands on their chest, and you just start going straight into the instructions, most people will just follow the instructions that they're given. And what we found was that when you have a single person um, on scene, a caller who's there with the patient who's in cardiac arrest, sending them to get the defibrillator, um, even though the defibrillator might be the best treatment for them, isn't always the best idea because it takes them, we found, several minutes in many cases. They'll go and try and find the defibrillator and come back and they can't find it and they'll have to send them again. And during all that time, the patient's getting no chest compressions, they're getting no treatment at all, they're being left by themselves. It makes sense to just do CPR over the phone with the dispatcher, since that's something you can instruct most people on doing, and then wait for the paramedics to arrive with the defibrillator. Giving the dispatchers the opportunity to help the caller in a meaningful way is absolutely valuable. Um, and we hear from a lot of dispatchers that the worst part about their job, the best part is helping people, and the worst part is that they never hear what happened to the patient. They help someone for four or five minutes, maybe, but then the paramedics arrive, take the patient away somewhere, and the dispatcher often never hears what happened. So I think that giving them the opportunity to know that at least in the however many minutes I was on the phone, I did something tangible to help this person does make their job a lot easier. And that's one of the reasons we do this research, because we want to give it back to the dispatchers and say, look, it's proven now that doing CPR over the phone during these four or five minutes improves outcomes. Well, actually, one of our biggest goals is to help 
integrate dispatch as a part of the chain of care. Um, we hear a lot that you've got your first responders, you've got your paramedics, uh, advanced level responders, you've got the hospital. All these people are in the chain of care. And a lot of times dispatch is just left out of that. And I think one of the things that we really like to do is make sure that dispatch is included in the perception of that chain of care. And the best way that we can do that is to make sure that the paramedics on the other end know that the information that's coming to them is accurate. And so we study every part of our dispatch protocol to make sure that we're identifying the problem correctly. So if we say that this is a patient with who has clear evidence of a stroke, that's very likely to be a stroke. And we've proved that uh, through our research also. So that's probably our biggest goal is to make sure that the information that's coming out um, is accurate and therefore that the dispatchers can really feel proud of the work that they do because they know that they're doing it correctly.